Hope Unlimited Church podcast. We are so honored to connect with you, and we pray that you will be encouraged and inspired by this week's message. Genesis chapter number five, and then we're going to look at Genesis chapter number six. Genesis five, uh, we're going to start with verse 21. And Enoch lived 60 and five years and begot Methuselah. And Enoch walked with God. Everybody say walked with God. Say walked with God. Enoch walked with God after he begot Methuselah 300 years. And he begot sons and daughters. And all the days of Enoch were 365 years. And Enoch walked with God. Say it again. Enoch walked with God and he was not for God took him. Verse 22, Enoch walked with God. Verse 24, Enoch walked with God and he was not for God took him. Now jump over to chapter 6 verse 7. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, the creeping thing and the fowls of the air, for it repents me that I have made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations. And Noah, what did he do? Walked with God. Enoch is his great-grandfather, Enoch walked with God, and Noah walked with God. And Noah begot three sons, Shem, Ham, Japheth. The earth also was corrupt before God. The earth was filled with violence. And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, and all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. God said to Noah, the end of all flesh has come before me. The earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Watch verse 14. So make an ark. Make an ark of gopher wood rooms. You'll make it within and without with pitch. I'll stop right there. I remember watching an interview once with two seminary students, two seminary students. If you don't know what seminary is, seminary is basically the, the medical school version uh, for preachers. It's where you go after you finish your degree. It's very intense, and, and, and it's great, and it's wonderful, and whatever. So watching these two seminary students who had just completed their master's degree, and if you go through seminary, you're learning church history, you're learning culture, you're learning the original languages. They were fluent in the original Greek, the original Hebrew. They were brilliant minds. They were well-versed in hermeneutics and homiletics and all these types of things. They're just New Testament and Old Testament scholars. They're just excellent. It's just awesome. These seminary students had worked so hard to achieve this, this status, this level, this education. As they were leaving seminary, they were conducting an exit interview with these two brand new fresh seminarians. And they asked them, they said, where do you see yourself? Where do you see yourself in five years? Where do you see yourself in five years? And the first one responded, he said, well, in five years, I don't know really. I'm just going to be believing God and obeying God and we'll see what happens. They asked the second seminarian, they said, where do you see yourself in five years? He said, in five years, I'll be living in this city. I will be pastoring a church. I have it in my heart to plant a church. I'm believing, God, that we're going to be running this many within the next five years. And he just began to map out his entire plan. He began to lay it out. Boom, 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 boom. Five years go by, and they do follow-up interviews to see where they are. The guy who was just going to follow Jesus was selling shoes in the mall. 
the guy that had planned on launching a church and doing great things and moving to a new city, he had done everything he had set out to accomplish and even more than that. There's something to be said for, you ever heard that phrase, a wing in a prayer? You know what that means? We're going to jump out and see what happens. You do not need, God's never called you to live life on a wing and a prayer. God's called us to live life on a prayer and a plan. If you want 2020 to be different, you can't go into it with a wing and a prayer. You got to go into it with a prayer and with a plan. Can I get a witness from somebody? Your Bible says that Enoch walked with God and that Noah walked with God. Before you make any resolutions this year, and I know you've already made them and broke half of them. I know you're going to get out of debt. I know you're going to make $14 million. I know you're going to lose 400 pounds. I get it. I'm with you. I know you're going to build three houses in the islands and go on four vacations. I'm with you. Go get it. Do all of it. But the number one resolution you need to make is my walk with God is going to go to a deeper level this year year. I'm going to pray like I've never prayed before. I'm going to get in the word like I ain't nobody with me this morning. I'm going to get in the word at a level that I've never gotten into it before. I'm going to serve. I'm going to worship. I'm going to deeper that go deeper than I've ever been before. That needs to be the foundation. That needs to be the starting block. You will never be the husband you need to be if your walk with God ain't right. You'll never be the mom or the wife you're supposed to be if your walk with God ain't right. You have to learn to do life out of the overflow of everything that God's doing down on the inside of you. My wife will tell you, if I don't pray, it goes sideways so fast at the doll's house. And I know you ain't like that. Just look straight ahead and think I have a, a mental illness. That's fine. But if I don't get to, she will even tell me, she'll say, look, you need to go get with Jesus. Right? Y'all know what I'm talking about? Because if you ain't spent time before the Lord, you're edgy. Y'all acting so holy. What is he talking about? It's just peace at our house. We've never raised our voice. You lying. You lying. Does it hurt your feelings when you lie? Do you feel convicted when you lie? You're lying. We just worship and anoint each other with oil. Now you're weird. <laughs> People ask me that all the time. They're like, so how much family devotional do y'all do together? I'm like, all the time. It's just all we do is just family devotional. I said, do you and your wife ever talk about theology? No, she hates that stuff. Y'all ever pray together? Yeah, when the time arises, but I don't make the kids get around the coffee table and hold hands and start laying them out in the Holy Ghost. What's your problem? That needs to be your number one resolution. If you've got a goal, the goal needs to be, I'm going to know God more this year than I've ever known him in my life. This, what happens in this room on a Sunday morning cannot be the primary expression of your walk with God. If this is the sum total of your walk with God, then your walk with God is weak and it is anemic. You've got to go find a prayer closet. I don't care if you got to take all them shoes out of your closet and make an actual closet. You got to go find a prayer closet, a place where you can shut the world out and go get along with God. That's why Jesus said, when you pray, you go into the closet and you shut the door on everything else and your father that sees you in secret will reward you openly. That needs to be 
your resolution that this year I'm going to go deeper in God than I've ever been because I've got there's too much writing on it you've got to be a mom you've got to be a spouse you've got to be a leader you've got all of this purpose and all of this destiny you don't get to do that outside of a walk with God if I don't go get before the Lord I don't even think straight I, I can't make decisions I can't see clearly I can't I can't I, people things get on my nerves that normally wouldn't get on my nerves you know what I'm saying you gotta you gotta have that walk Enoch and Noah walked with God I don't know why we don't preach about people walking with God this is not your walk with God. This is the icing on the cake. But if you are relying on this to be the fundamental way you connect and relate to God, then you're missing what this Christian life is all about. The most powerful times I've ever had in the presence of God have not come in a church service. Is there anybody with me on that? The most powerful time, and I've been, I've been in more, I've been in more church than everybody in this room combined, with exception of Chris, probably. All right. I've been in some amazing church services. I've been in church services with all of your heroes that you watch on Christian television and see on Instagram. I've been in all of them. I've met all of them. I've got to hang out and rub elbows with them. And the most powerful times I've had in God's presence have not come in those meetings. They've come when I've gotten alone with God. The kids are in bed and the wife's in bed and I'm going to lay on my face and I'm going to believe God that his presence is going to come and fill my little office with his glow. Glory, I want more of God this year. Is there anybody else with me yeah I hope you get more money and I hope you get more promotion and I hope you get a bigger house and I hope you get a nicer car but before all that I hope you get more of the presence and the glory of God amen you can have all that I want you to go get it go get your money go get your car go get your house but if everything around you is beautiful make sure the inside isn't eroding because if you get all this stuff and this ain't right, you will never enjoy it the way you're supposed to. Huh? Doesn't matter how big your house is, if your walk ain't right, it'll never feel right. It doesn't matter, oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. It doesn't matter how nice your car is, if your walk ain't right, it'll never feel right. It doesn't matter how many zeros you got on your end of the year tax statement, if your walk ain't right, it'll never feel right. But if your walk's right, you can live in a box and be content. Right? If your walk's right, you might not get to go to Disney World four times this year. But if your walk's right, you'll be content. Enoch walked with God. Noah walked with God. Watch. They both had the walk, but two different experiences. Enoch got delivered from it. Noah got delivered through it. Because you will have in your life moments when God delivers you from it. And then you'll have moments where God sees you through it. Enoch never knew what he missed by God delivering him. And you don't know what you missed. You don't know about the cancer diagnosis that you missed. 
I got some credit card debt and I'm believing God. You don't know about the bankruptcy that you missed. You don't know about the divorce that you missed or the rebellious drug addicted child that you missed. Don't complain when you're going through it because you don't know all the stuff God kept you from. That's why you got to get set free from feeling guilty when you're going through stuff because you can still have a solid walk and still go through some things. It's easy to look at other people that God's delivering from the same thing you're going through and think, man, it must be great to be them. Yeah, but you don't know what they're going through that you got to miss. Amen. So everybody has Enoch moments and they have Noah moments. Moments when God pulls you out of it. And moments when God sees you through it. Right? There's some things you missed last year. You didn't even have any idea were coming your way. You had no idea were coming your way. There were some things that God shielded you from and protected you from that you never. We're just walking along. And God keeping a nuclear bomb from blowing up in your life. And then at the first hiccup, well, I didn't get to go out to my favorite restaurant. We start complaining. You just realize what you missed? It's easy to shout about the Enoch moments. God brought me out. Glory to God. That's from the black church. Y'all don't know nothing about that. Everybody in here, what? It's easy to shout about the Enoch moments. Easy to testify. Easy to Instagram the Enoch moment. Look at God just in a moment. I just just walked to the mailbox. There was a check for $100,000. I ain't never had that happen. Right? Just God just brought them out. Just brought them out. That's it. You, you ain't got to do nothing about the Enoch moments. Just shout about it. I don't want to preach about the Enoch moments. I want to preach about the Noah moments. Because Noah was on a boat with a whole bunch of animals. <laughs> and sometimes when you're going through a Noah moment, You picking up what I'm putting down without me having to say it? So Noah is going through what Enoch got free, got delivered from. That's why I preach this all the time. I don't know why I keep saying this. That's why you can't let Instagram be your barometer for how well you're doing in God. Because they're not Instagram and they're Noah moments. Just like you ain't either. So many filters, you don't even look like the same human after you apply all of them. <laughs> I can say some things right now, but I won't. Noah's going through it. And God responds like this. I want you to build an ark to get through it. Whenever we're going through something, our first response is typically to pray, which is the perfect response, right? We pray. And what we mean when we pray is, God, get me out of this. Make me an Enoch. Take me. What do you do when God responds to your prayer, not with his performance, but with a plan? All right, you want out? Build an ark. I have a precious teenager. Living in my house. Precious. She's not in here, is she, Lindsay? I can talk about her. This is her contribution to the family. 
She's a precious teenager. She came to me the other day. She gave me, she gave me this list. Her Christmas list was about $4,000 worth. That was to start. That was just things she could come up with at dinner. She comes up to me. She's like, I need this. I need, I, there's this, there's this, there, dad, 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 there's a Gucci bag <laughs> that I have to have. Okay. I was like, all right. Yeah, we'll, we'll give that to Jesus. But she, there's a Chanel pillow. I said, what's wrong with your pillow? No, it's not a pillow I lay on. It's a decorative pillow. It's a Chanel. I said, how much is it? $1,200 for a pillow. I about slapped her into age 16. Said, I need all this stuff. I need these AirPods, and I need a laptop, and I need this, and I need that, and I need this, and I need that. And, and she's just going down the list, just, and I was just, just taking it in. Boom, boom, just like Mike Tyson. Boom. <laughs> right. And I, and I told her this. I said, all right, stop. I said, listen, I want you to know that there's enough money out in the world for you to get whatever you want. Because I'm trying to train her that way. Because I, I grew up with a scarcity mentality. There ain't nobody, nobody got money. There is no money in the world. You go wake up tomorrow in a box, starving to death. Mom, can I have a toothbrush? How do you expect me to pay for that? You think money grows on trees? I just need a toothbrush. That's how I grew up. So I didn't want her to grow up with that mentality. So I said, look, honey, listen, I hear your prayer. I said, there's enough money in the world to buy whatever you want. You can buy, you can buy, you can buy all the Gucci bags you want, girl. You can buy all of them, queen. All you need. I said, you can buy your own plane. I said, the problem is, is all that money's out there and you don't have any of it. So what you gotta do is you got to figure out a way to get that money out there into your pocket. See, you came to dad with your prayer, and you wanted dad to perform, but instead of performing, I gave you a plan. What do we do when we pray and God doesn't do something? He designs something. (laughs) Are you all with me? Because you have to play a role in your own deliverance. God cannot live in chaos. I'll give you an example. I'll show you how. I'll show, because we, we don't like talking like this because we're just so full of the Holy Ghost. We're just going to be led. And that's fine. You're going to be led into nothing. You don't need a wing and a prayer. You need a prayer and a plan. God doesn't always respond to our prayer with his deliverance. He responds to it with his design. You want to make more money this year than you've ever made? Don't wait on it to fall out of heaven. Go do something. Start a business. Write a book. Do something. Sell real estate. Cut grass. Sell insurance. Do something. (laughs) I'm going to lose weight. You ain't even got a gym membership yet. You're just sitting at the house. Laying hands on your belly, believing it for it to fall off. It don't work that way. I actually had a preacher stand up one time and say, I have an obesity-reducing anointing. You a lying devil. It's called a push-up. It's called a treadmill. But we ain't got a plan yet. We don't live according to a plan. We think Jesus is against plans because we've never read the New Testament, evidently. 
Jesus said nobody goes to build a house except he first sit down and count the cost and make a plan. Nobody goes to war unless he first sits down and looks at how many soldiers they've got and looks at how many soldiers he's got and see whether or not this is a good idea. God cannot live in that. You ever got to the end of the year? It's, all right, it's already the end of the year. I'm, you get to the end of the year. Have you ever filed your taxes? I hope you have. And look at how much money you brought in. And look at how much money you got left. And think, this is a mathematical impossibility. Because what happened was, because there was no plan, because there was no structure, because Noah, if you want to get out of this, you got to build an ark. Because there was no structure, it drizzled right past you. It drizzled right past you. And you'll look up at December 31st, 2020, and a year will have drizzled right past you. You'll look up in another 10 years when you're posting pictures of yourself on social media, and another 10 years will have drizzled right past you. Because we live in chaos and call it the Holy Ghost. All right. Because we're just going to open. I posted something on social media the other day. I don't know why I keep talking about social media. I hate it. I posted something. I said, what are some of your goals for 2020? And people start putting them on there. And a couple of people, you know, fired back. They're like, well, my goal for 2020 is to focus more on Jesus and less on my goals. I was like, I got to see what you did there. You're so holy. You Jesus juked me. I got it. I got it. I asked for it. I ask a practical question. I repent. I apologize. I ask, him, I ask another one. I said, what? Because I, I, I love planners. I love planners. I have, I have planners for days. Then my wife steals them. I have to go buy more. I put on there and said, what's your favorite planner? First response, the Holy Ghost. God Almighty, this is why we can't have nice things. It's right here. <laughs> Living on a wing and a prayer instead of a prayer and a plan. You got to have both. You got to have prayer because you can't do it in your own might. You got to have the prayer, but you've also got to have the plan. Because God's going to make you take part in your own deliverance. God cannot work in your life in chaos. The very first thing we encounter with God in the book of Genesis is he takes chaos and brings order to it. There has to be a structure to it. There has to be an ark built. There has to be some systems and some processes in place. You cannot be believing God for something and then not be building for it. You cannot plead God's promises and then break God's principles. Look at all the things we're believing for. Look at all the things we're believing for and then ask yourself, do I have what it takes to contain that level of blessing? This is what we're going through the leadership team of this church. We have grown to the point that our current structure can carry us. Now we've got to step back, revisit, re redefine everything, and get prepared for the next level. If God sent us a 1,000 people today, we ready for it. But we will be. You believe in God for a spouse. You believe in God for a wife. You ain't even got a job. You're not ready for those problems yet, young blood. You ain't even got a job. 
you don't have a structure built. I'm not talking about you got to be knocking down $250,000 a year. But at this point, minimum wage would be a step up. Am I right about it? But you're just sitting around waiting on God. No structure. No plan. You've heard this statement before. What makes a swamp a swamp is it has no boundaries. There's no walls. But if you put boundaries around a swamp, the water begins to flow. And life begins to come forth. We have such swampy lives. Certain areas of our, some areas we might be doing good, right? Marriage is good, but broke. Got money. Kids crazy. Kids are good, but I'm in bad health. Good health. Hate my job. Love my job, but I work all the time and I have no rest. Swampiness. And then on top of that, we're saying, God, get me out of this. And God's saying, okay, build a structure. Build a structure. Build some systems and get a plan for where you're going. Because you cannot contain what I want to send right now. The ministry, I'll tell you a quick story. The ministry we were part of before we moved up here, I've been there for a long time. I've been there since she was born. And we we were doing this big debt cancellation campaign. We call it Mountain Movers. Okay. It was like $800,000 of debt. It was, the, the, the ministry could easily pay, pay the note. It wasn't, wasn't stressful. Just, we want this gone. We want this gone. So we're doing this campaign called Mountain Movers. People are giving and they're giving. And we're pushing it and we're promoting it. And God, this is a ministry led by my mother-in-law. God spoke to my mother-in-law and said, build a financial structure well-pleasing to God that can contain the promise. So we heard that build a financial structure well-pleasing God that can contain the promise. So we went in and we, we organized everything and we, we, we cut back and we cut expenses. And, and if you had to get approval to buy a pencil, right, we're building a financial structure. We're going to steward this well. Okay. So we, we built the structure and we were confident and we were championing this. Get it paid off. Get it paid off. And it wasn't budging. It wasn't moving. We could not figure it out. Like, what is the problem? We've been praying. We've been fasting. My God, we went on so many fasts. I'm still traumatized from all the fasts. That's why I don't believe in fasting anymore. (laughs) I could say something right now, but I won't. The voice of wisdom crying in the street. So we're believing God. We're pushing on this and pushing on it and pushing on it. And we were just scratching our heads. This lasted for probably nine months. We're like, why? We, we figured this would be done by now. We, we've sent, we sent letters. She was friends with all of the big name rich preachers. We thought you could write a check and you could sneeze and this much money falls out of your pocket. And it wasn't moving. And so finally we started looking a little bit deeper. Then we, then we found something out. The bookkeeper at the time was stealing money. We didn't know it. That was the first person I ever got to fire. I was in my 20s. That was an odd conversation. She's twice my age. She was stealing money to the tune of $400,000. She got fired. She ended up going to prison. 
not because of us. And when we removed the, the when we removed the hindrance, when we got the structure right, two weeks later, one man wrote a check, paid it all off. Because we built the ark. And God came in on the structure that we built and brought us deliverance in a way that we never saw it before. You have no idea what God could do in our lives this year if we simply plan for it and prepare for it. I know this isn't one of those, whoop, fall out, fall out, shout, glory, run. I know it's not one of those, but you'll be shouting about the blessing after it comes. This is how you get there. You hear what I'm saying? You cannot violate the plan and then just say the prayer and hope it come to pass. There are things you're believing for, things I'm believing for, that we're not ready for. And blessings can become curses when they come on you too early. So the first word of this year is, let's keep praying for it. Let's keep interceding and calling on God for it. And then after we get off of our knees, let's go sit down and plan for what God wants to do. Is there anybody with me this morning? Stand up on your feet. Hope Unlimited. When God told Noah, when God told Noah to build the ark, he said, look at me, he said, I want it to be this many cubits long, this many cubits wide, this many cubits high, with this many rooms, this many levels. When God tells Moses to build the tabernacle, I want bronze out front, and I want silver in the middle, and I want gold in the holy place, and I want this kind of wood here and that. He was very meticulous. But Moses, if you build the tabernacle according to the plan, the glory will show up. Because glory follows order. And glory leaves disorder. So every area of our life where there is disorder, if there is disorder, there is no glory. Where there is no order, there is no glory. And I want to see you in your most glorious state this year. I want your life to be clicking on all cylinders this year. Right? I want your spiritual life where you want it to be. Your marriage where you want it to be. Your kids where you want it to be. Your money right. Your emotions right. Your social life right. Your business right. Your hobbies right. I want to see it all right. But the only way you get glory on it is get order in it. We cannot violate the wisdom and the principles of God. Heard one preacher say it this way, you don't break God's principles, God's principles break you. 
Thank you for listening to this week's message. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to give, please visit hopeunlimited.church slash give. To stay connected, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Hope Unlimited Church.